0: Sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion number to call, 646 727 3070. That's 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show, blah talkradio.com slash pgant, the messages to the show on Twitter, at GoForItGant, and while you're there on Twitter, at GoForItGant, give me a follow, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. And if you also want to continue hearing about the latest in sports, news, opinions, so on and so forth, Hit up the website, goforagandsports.com. Great show lined up for you today. It's all about me today and all me. Going to talk some college football playoffs. Going to see what's going on with OKC. What's the issue? What's the problem? We're going to talk Eli Manning and that whole situation, that whole debacle in new york city we're gonna talk all that we're gonna get there quick fast and in a hurry sit back relax and enjoy let's get right down to it college football college football playoff here's the thing this is great you know what they did with these playoffs are great and here's the thing we can say okay Expanded to six, expanded to eight, so on and so forth. But I think the exciting part of this, just like even with the NCAA tournament on some level, is who gets in, who doesn't get in, you know, each team's case to get in a resume, so on and so forth. I mean, that's the beauty of this thing. It, it, it leads to debate. And anytime you're debating and talking about a sport, it's good for the sport. And so we're talking, we're debating what's going on, who should get in, who shouldn't get in, who should be home and who should be there in the playoffs. And I look at it, and to me it's, it's simplistic in a lot of ways, but at the same time it could get murky, it could get messy, and it could get interesting. So I, I look at, at this point, the playoff rankings. Four teams in, Clemson number one, Auburn two, Oklahoma three, Wisconsin four. I, I look at it as Clemson and Miami, ACC title game, winner gets in. Simple enough. Wisconsin, I'm, excuse me, Auburn, Auburn and, and Georgia, the winner of that is also in. And I think Wisconsin, being 12-0, being in the Big Ten, if they beat Ohio State, they're in. And I think Oklahoma, if they win, they're in as well. So that would leave out the tough and mighty Alabama Crimson Tide. That would leave them on the outside looking in. Now things can get hairy and messy. TCU can mess up and win, you know, mess around and win. You know, uh, Ohio State wins a 2 lost team, and, and that, you know, I think if Ohio State wins, I think Alabama gets in because I don't think Ohio State can get in. They're a 2 lost team, and I don't think. They're a good enough two-loss team to get. It's not like Auburn. I mean, you know, you're Auburn. You go in and you beat Georgia. You go in and you beat Alabama. I mean, your only loss against is against the number one team in the country in Clemson, and that was at Clemson. So the reality is, you beat up on Georgia. The reality is, you beat up on Alabama. And the reality is, if you beat up on Georgia, at least beat Georgia again. You're a two-loss team, but you're a two-loss team that beat Alabama and Georgia and beat Georgia twice. So therefore, you deserve to get in. And you beat Georgia when they were number one in the country, and obviously you beat Alabama when they were number one in the country. So you deserve to get in. You deserve to be in the playoffs. So the reality is. Auburn controls their own destiny. Well, Georgia as well. So Georgia and Auburn win. are in. As I said before, obviously the winner of the ACC title game is win. Is excuse me. If Wisconsin wins, they're in. And so it's a good it's a good possibility. I think that Alabama could be on the outside looking in. As shocking as that sounds, there's a good possibility that Alabama will be watching the college football playoffs. They'll be watching the college football playoffs. Because again, if Clinton wins or Miami wins, they're in. They won their conference title. Auburn wins, they're in. Wisconsin, they're undefeated. So if they win, they're in. The only team that I believe, even if they win their conference title game, that won't get in is Ohio State. Two losses, and, you know, how good is Ohio State? They're okay. You got that impressive victory against Penn State. That's huge. But but, but other than that, I mean, you lost to Oklahoma in your building. So other than that, that's a horseshoe. So other than that, Ohio State is, mm, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, uh, I mean, you you beat Michigan State, at, you know, at the time they were ranked 12th in the country, uh, you know, I mean, it's a victory, not a great victory, and the Penn State the Penn State win is a big win, but you got two losses, and, and I and you got blown out, I mean, why what, what, you got blown out? In Iowa, I mean, so you got two losses, and you get blown out by Iowa. I mean, so its I don't care what Ohio State does at this point. The only thing, in my opinion, Ohio State can play is be a spoiler at this point. They're a spoiler. They're a team that can just spoil Wisconsin's, you know, new year. Wisconsin's the start of Wisconsin's 2018. They're the only team that can do that. And and they're the only team that, that that's all they can do at this point. They can't do anything else. They cannot do anything else. Only thing they can do is ruin it. I don't see any scenario where Ohio State can get it at this point. I don't see it. I just don't see it. got two losses. And again, it's just not that strong. It's just not that strong. Now you can argue, okay, you beat a Wisconsin. If you win, you beat a Penn State you beat a Michigan State. Three teams in the top 16. So, I mean, it means something. It means something. But Alabama would only have one loss. Ohio State would add two. And you look at Alabama's schedule, it's, it's not – it wasn't incredibly daunting. It wasn't a daunting schedule. It really wasn't a daunting schedule. You know, and – but it is Alabama. And they do play in the SEC. So that means something. That That means a lot. You play – in the SEC, you beat a Florida State at the time it was a good victory. They were third in the country, but that was the beginning of the year. But they're not the team that they were or what they were expected to be. And So they're not that team. So the reality is they don't get in. They're not getting in. And, and Florida State, uh, Alabama, at the end of the day, only gets in, I think, if Wisconsin loses to Ohio State or if Oklahoma loses, you know, you, you need one of those two things to happen. You, you need Ohio State to beat Wisconsin. That helps you. Down. I think that slides you in. Or you need Oklahoma to lose to TCU. That's what you need to happen. Um, possible, possible. I think the Ohio State scenario is is more likely, but we'll see. But I know this, it's going to be fun. And and, and conference, those conference title games, they're going to be fun because they mean so much. It's a playoff game for Clemson and Miami. It's a playoff game right now for Auburn and Georgia. Oklahoma, for them, it's a playoff game. You win, you win. And it's a playoff game for Wisconsin as far as I'm concerned. I don't think Ohio State gets in. It's a playoff game for Wisconsin. You win, you get in. So we'll see what happens. It it should be fun. What I would like to see happen, I would like to see Miami get back. I'd like to see Miami get in the playoffs. I think that would be fun. I think I want to see Auburn there. I want to see Alabama there. And I'm okay with Oklahoma. But what I want to see and what I hope happens is I see the U in there. I see Auburn in there. I see Alabama in there. And I see Oklahoma. That's what I would like to happen. Now, the most likely scenario, I think Clemson wins. I think Auburn wins. I think Oklahoma wins. And I think Ohio State beats Wisconsin. And, and I think Alabama wins. I hope Alabama gets in. That's, what I, that's what I hope to happen. But we'll see what happens. Whatever happens. As I always like to say, should be fun. Eli Manning. Eli Manning was informed this week that he was getting bashed. Now, Eli Manning is a guy who, who has been the pillar of health. He's been the guy that always has found a way to stay healthy. He's a guy that keeps flowing, Keeps going and going. Now, Eli hasn't been great this year, but the Giants haven't been great this year. The Giants have been bad. And many, I mean, I thought the Giants would be a lot better this year. I didn't expect the Giants to be 2-9 and nine at this point in the season. I didn't expect out the Giants. I expected the Giants to, to buy... With the Philadelphia Eagles in that NFC East, remember, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I'm about to toot my own horn. I had the Philadelphia Eagles going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. Go to my Twitter feed and and look, it was there. I had the Philadelphia Eagles. Now I had to play the Oakland Raiders. Now, at the time, that looked like a very unlikely scenario. But who knows? I mean, the Raiders are five and six. The Chiefs have fallen off the rails. You know, they lost three in a row. You know, they got off to that that torrent start. Now they're six and five, and they're one game ahead of the Oakland Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. I so bad wanted to say San Diego, but anyway, I look at the Oakland Raiders, and they're getting better. This game. And the Chiefs have come back to the pack, so maybe, so maybe, Oakland can, can fulfill my promise and get to the Super Bowl and play the Philadelphia Eagles. But again, before I go, you know, to my own horn, let me be clear: there's a lot of football to be played. There is a lot of football to be played. Eagles are ten and one. Vikings are nine and two. Saints are eight and three. The Rams are eight and three. And guess what? The Atlanta Falcons are playing some decent football at this point right now. I mean, I look at the NFC playoff picture. And, and looking at the NFL playoff picture, NFC excuse me, playoff picture. You got Philly at one, Minnesota at two at nine and two. Minnesota uh, Los Angeles, the Rams at eight and three. And then the world is at eight and three, and Carolina at eight and three, and Atlanta at seven and four. Seattle right now is on the outside looking in. But if you look at the NFC playoff picture, and the playoffs started today, there's going to be some good teams in these playoffs. I mean, Philadelphia obviously is big time, Minnesota with Case Keenum, who's playing some big time football. Obviously, that defense is huge in Minnesota. So that's going to be interesting. The Rams, they can they can fill it up. They got an opportunistic, a decent defense in, in Los Angeles. They're going to be good. New Orleans has the running game. Ingram, Kamara, Drew Brees, of course. And you got a defense that's playing better. The Carolina Panthers are playing some good football at this point. You got Cam Newton playing better, seemingly healthy. And, you know, you got that defense of Carolina playing better. And then you got Atlanta with, with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and, and, and that big play offense, Devontae Freeman. So, and then on the outside looking is Seattle. So Atlanta might not even get in. Seattle might sneak by Atlanta, but at this point, Atlanta holds the tiebreaker head-to-head. So if, if these six teams get into the playoffs, playoffs are going to be interesting. They're going to be interesting because you're going to have a situation where Los Angeles and New Orleans are going to be playing in the first week of the playoffs. And the playoffs were to end today. They were to start today, excuse me. Uh, you would have the Rams face the Atlanta Falcons, and then you would have the Saints and the Carolina Panthers. I, I don't think it's out of a realm of possibility that Atlanta wouldn't beat the Rams or or Carolina wouldn't beat the Saints or vice versa, like those games to me are fairly close. And then you got Philly and, and, and Minnesota waiting for whoever comes out of that. But again, a lot of football to be played. Yeah, I got I got kind of sidetracked. I was talking about Eli Manning, but <laughs> Eli Manning at this point he got benched for Geno Smith. Now, as far as I'm concerned, you know I'm I'm all about respecting guys' legacies and and and, and putting respect on guys' names and giving these guys the, the the respect that they deserve. Eli Manning is a guy who deserves to continue on. And, and and here's the thing: we 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 can talk about the future all you want. But Geno Smith, and this is nothing against Geno Smith, but Geno Smith is probably not a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Oh, we can look and we can see and we can watch, but he's not a starting quarterback, probably not. I'm not going to say definitively, but he's probably not a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Davis Webb? I don't know. Twenty-two years old, third-round pick. He's a rookie. I mean, I, I I get, and I understand where the Giants are coming from. I, I I get it. You know, you got a Geno Smith who's only twenty-seven years old. So if Geno Smith were to were were to go out and you know set the world on fire and and, and put up crazy numbers and play some big-time football. Maybe the Giants are thinking, hey, man, we got something here moving forward. But, but, I don't know if, I don't know if, if you know, even if Gino has a big time five games, I, I don't know if you could could, could just say Gino's going to be our guy. I, I don't know if you could say that. And, and it's not like You remember when the Giants benched Kurt Warner for Eli Manning? Well, Eli Manning was was the top pick in the NFL draft. So you get why the Giants did what they did. So you look at the whole situation with the New York football Giants, you get why they did what they did that particular year. That was 2004. But – in terms of now, when when you got a Geno Smith and a, 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 you know backing you up, and you know we kind of thought we've seen what Geno Smith is. When when you have a, a a Davis Webb, and again he he's a guy that could be the heir apparent, could be could be not. But the Giants don't have much to work with on the offensive side of the ball. Let, let, let's 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 be clear. Let's be honest about that. Roger Lewis is one of your wideouts. Tavares King is another one of your wide outs. That ain't Brandon Marshall. That ain't Odell Beckham Jr. Your running game is subpar. You can't run the football. Eric Flowers is your left tackle. While he's playing better, he's not playing great. But ain't Jason Peters on the left side. That ain't Tyron Smith on the left side. That ain't Trent Williams on the left side. So it, it, it's not like Geno Smith or Davis Webb have a lot to work But Here's the thing. Guys like Eli Manning, guys like Eli Manning and, and what he's done for the New York Giants, I mean, two Super Bowls and, you know, in improbable fashion where they had to, you know, go on the road, in the divisional round, go on the road both times. Go on the road in the divisional round, go on the road, you know, in the championship round, and still found a way to get to the Super Bowl. And then you look at Eli and this guy. You look at his thing, his numbers, and you look at his statistics, and you just see this G and GX, games. And games started. 2005, 16 and 16. Games played, games started. 16 and 16. You go to a stats and you look at G at the top and GS at the top, and you go down and it's 16 and 16. This guy, Eli Manning, does not get hurt. He is the pillar of health. And a big part of ability is availability. And, you know, Eli has had some bad years. But Eli has also had some good years. And so those good years ended in Super Bowls. Those good years ended in Super Bowls. And Eli, you know, as bad as he can look sometimes, and he can look bad, the guy still is a two-time Super Bowl winner. The guy still has won two Super Bowls. And he's beaten Peyton Manning. Not Peyton Manning, that's his brother. He beat Tom Brady twice. There's not many people that can say, I beat Tom Brady twice, whether in the regular season or in the playoffs. He beat Tom Brady twice, maybe the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. Eli did that. Who did that? Eli did that. The man's the pillar of power, And the man is a Hall of Famer. You could say, well, you know what, Paul? I'm seeing interception seasons of 20, which led the league in 2007. I'm seeing interception seasons of 25, which led the league that particular year. I'm seeing interceptions of 27, which led the league that particular year. Yeah, you're seeing that. And and what you're seeing are legit. It is legit. But I'm seeing a resume, and I'm seeing a guy who went one year, the, the first time he went to the Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady. This guy... Went on the road and won each game on the road. He had no problem going where he needed to go to win the games that he needed to win. None. He had no problem going in to Green Bay and beating Brett Favre. No problem. No problem doing that. He had no problem going into Tampa Bay and beating the Buccaneers. This is the first time, 2007. He had no problem beating Romo in Dallas, who was 13-3 and three and had the best record In the NFC. So he had no problem going on the road and getting to the Super Bowl. Winning in hostile environments like Green Bay. No problem for Eli Manning doing what he did to get to the Super Bowl. He had no problems. 2011. If he did it before, he can do it again. He had no problem beating the Falcons 24 2 in the wild card round. He had no problem going into Green Bay and beating a Green Bay team that was 15 1 in Green Bay and he beat the Packers. He had no problem going into San Francisco and beating. The 49ers, the 13 and 3, 49ers. And ultimately, he had no problem going into and beating Tom Brady in the New England Patriots. No problems. So, a guy like that, you got to put respect in my bird man voice on this man's name. Put respect on his name. Because this guy is fearless. This guy is tough. This guy can do some things people you know they, they we can doubt them we can knock them but this guy you know and, and there's reasons to knock him but this guy Eli man let's just start 210 straight games it's hard to start two straight it's hard it's hard to start a game in the national football league let alone start 210 consecutive games. It's hard to, to, to have the ability to be able to start those many games. It's hard to be able to have the health to be able to start those many games. It's hard. And it's not, it's not farm streak. It's not farm streak. But it's a, it's a phenomenal streak. An amazing streak. So you look at Brett, you know Brett Favre. Obviously, he was the Iron Man, 297 consecutive starts. Eli Manning, 210. Peyton, 208. There's it, it, something about that Manning blood. That that Manning blood. That 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 Manning blood knows how to stay healthy. Maybe they know how to fall the right way. Matt Ryan, 126 games. So right now, Philip Rivers has the the longest end of current streak at 187 games. Rivers stays healthy. Rivers and Manning were in the same draft. You can argue that Rivers is Eli Manning minus the two rings. Those two rings are huge. Those two two rings, it separate you. And to me, those two rings put Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. He's a Hall of Famer. And we might be watching a Hall of Famer play for the last time in the New York Giants uniform. But maybe there's options next year for Eli. Maybe he could do what his brother did and head off to Denver. That team could use a quarterback. Trevor Simeon, not the answer. Brock Osweiler. Not the answer, and Lynch Paxton Lynch at this point. Again, I'm not going to throw the guy away, but it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like he's the answer. But I'm not ready to throw him away, and I'm not going to throw him away because he hasn't played enough football to get thrown away. But he's hurt at this point, and we'll see if he comes back near the end of the year. But I wasn't a big Paxton Lynch guy. I wasn't a big fan. paxton lynch i wasn't coming out of memphis maybe denver could have went after colin kaepernick but obviously that's another story for another day but it is crazy that kaepernick cannot get a job in the national football league when when guys like jay Cutler. what did the Dolphins expect from Jay Cutler? What 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 did you expect? I I understand he's familiar with Adam Gase's offense. I understand he had one of his better years under you know under Adam Gaze and in that offense. I get it. But I see a guy. It's the same old Jay Cutler. He give it and he taketh away same old Jay Cutler. So same old Jay Cutler to me is same old Jay Cutler. I, 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 and I don't think Colin Kaepernick could have been any worse than 13 touchdowns and nine interceptions. I, I don't think so. Could be wrong, but I don't think so. So Miami. Obviously, we'll see that. You know, Ryan Tannehill, he'll be back. But Miami could have used the services of Colin Kaepernick. Denver could have used the services of Colin Kaepernick. You know, they could have used him. No, we all know what's going on. It's it's really no use getting into it because we all know what's going on. But... It's amazing how how guys who any anyway, it's no use talking about it because at the end of the day it is what it is. It ain't changing. The reality is Colin Kaepernick won't play this year and may not play or may not play any game. I mean, Colin Kaepernick may not and probably won't play again. It's just sad. Very sad. But anyway, let's go on. Let's go to the NBA now. And so, actually, before we get to the NBA, let me, let me go back to those playoffs in the NFC. Let me go to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm, I'm getting to the NBA. I want to start with these. I want to go to the Eagles now. I, I'm, I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and, and they're for real, to, in my opinion. You know, winners of nine in a row, you know, a, a team that's scoring a whole bunch of points, a team that's not allowing a bunch of points a team that's getting after the quarterback, a team that's running football effectively, a, a team that's stopping the run effectively, a, a, a team that has an MVP candidate in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is an MVP candidate. Carson Wentz is putting up some crazy numbers. Carson Wentz is just getting it done. And they're running the ball effectively. Blunt, Clement. A giant. You know, these guys are, you know, they got a, a, a three headed monster. Like Garrett Platt's having a big time year. 658, 137 carries, almost five yards a pop. Corey Clement almost five yards, almost 4.5. So these guys are running are, are the football effectively. You're getting the four yards a pop, you're doing something right. And then they look at the defensive side of the ball and how impressive they've been on the defensive side of the ball and what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. They're stopping people. You're not running against the Philadelphia Eagles. They're stopping people. You know, you're know you having a hard time passing against the Philadelphia Eagles. They're stopping people. You're, gonna, you're, you're having a hard time doing a lot of things, against this Eagle defense. They're third in points allowed, 17 per. So you're having a hard time scoring. Number one against the rush. So you're having a hard time running the ball. And they're dominating there. know, so maybe you can pass the ball against them a little bit. They're middle of the pack there. But this team is getting after people. Getting after people. It's looking good at Philadelphia. It, it, it's looking real good at Philly. Sacks. Getting after the quarterback. Kind of middle of the road there, but they're getting after. They're getting pressures on the quarterback. So this team, the Philadelphia Eagles, are big time. You look at the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, you have Carson Wentz. You have a guy in Carson Wentz who is putting up, obviously, some big-time numbers, 28 touchdowns, only five interceptions. So not only is he putting up numbers, but he's not hurting you. He's only helping you. He's helping you at any point at any time. And Philadelphia's putting up some crazy points. Number one points per game. Scoring almost 32 points per game. Almost 32 points per game. So they're running the ball, third and rushing. Running the ball, passing the ball. This team is doing it all. But now, if you have a question about the Philadelphia Eagles, we can talk about their schedule. You know, I, I think a conversation can be had. But, uh, I, you know, I, I'll debunk that in a moment. But a conversation can be had. You know, your, your only loss was against the Kansas City Chiefs when they were flying hot. But you beat the only team that you've beaten for a winning record are the Carolina Panthers. In Carolina, and that's an impressive victory. But other teams that you beat. You beat Dallas, Chicago, not anything special, 49ers, nothing special, Denver, nothing special, Washington, nothing special, Arizona, nothing special. You beat the Chargers, and at the time they were nothing special, but right now they're playing some good football. Beat the Giants, nothing special. Beat the Redskins again, nothing special. So you can look at the 10 wins and say the only good win, the only – went against a, a playoff-caliber team was against the Carolina Panthers. But I'm looking, and, and you can argue maybe Cam wasn't at 100% coming off the shoulder surgery. But I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm saying, okay, yeah, some of the teams they've beaten haven't been that great. I look at the last four weeks. You beat the 49ers 33-10. to 10. You not only beat them but you blow them out. You beat the Denver Broncos, you put up 50 against that defense. So you beat the Denver Broncos 51 to 23. Not a good football team, but you blow them out. You went to Dallas, you beat up on the Cowboys. At this point not great without Ezekiel Elliott. Sean Lee was not in the lineup, but you blow them out 37 to 9. And then you beat the Chicago Bears 31 to 3. And you say, well, Paul, it's just, and I'm going to stop with the Chicago Bears. And you can say, Paul, it's just the Chicago Bears. Okay, you might be right. The Chicago Bears first came in the year they played the Atlanta Falcons tough. They did get blown out by the Buccaneers, but they and, and they beat the Steelers. They played the Vikings tough. Uh, you know, they beat the Ravens, beat the Panthers. Played the Saints tough, played the Packers tough, and played the Lions tough. So they played a lot of teams tough. Beating the Bears isn't always easy. Tampa blew them out, Philly blew them out. But the Bears, and Tampa blew them out week two. From there, they ain't been blown out. Packers game. Packers did beat them 35 to 14. They did beat him 35 to 14. I, I'll give you that. You know, that, that wasn't a close game. But I look at the pass after the Packers game. And that was weak. after that game. You lost to the Vikings by three. You beat the Ravens in Baltimore. You beat Carolina. You lost to the Saints in New Orleans by eight. You lost to the Packers by a touchdown. You lost to the Lions by a field goal. And then you get blown up by Philly. So the Bears were a team that plays tough, plays hard and, and wasn't getting blown out. So Philly doing what they did and, and, and blowing up the Bears, impressive. But you now, you, you look at the Eagles and you look at the next few weeks. And, and this is where maybe we can adequately, adequately excuse me, rate this Eagle football team and and look at this team and have a better understanding of what they are. At Seattle, at the Rams. That's two tough games, two tough teams. The Rams are good, coming off a victory against the New Orleans Saints, and the Seahawks, even though they don't have Chancellor and, and Sherman, that's still a formidable football team. It's never easy to win in Seattle with Russell Wilson as your quarterback. So I look at at Seattle and at the Rams. You know, the five games left for Philadelphia, those are the two topics. You should beat the Giants in New York. You should beat Oakland in your building on Christmas. And you probably should beat the Cowboys on New Year's Eve in your building. You should. You're supposed to. Seattle, the Rams, Sunday night tilt against Seattle in Seattle, in a four o'clock game against the Rams in Los Angeles. You know, two nationally get two big games, two games that that make define the season on some level. You lose those two games, and you could easily go from the number one seed all the way down to three, and possibly four. You win those two games, and you say to the – not only do you go to 12-1, but you say to the NFC, what's up? We're here. We're the team to be in the NFC. And if you win those two games, I think everybody will realize – what the Philadelphia Eagles are all about. They will realize that this team didn't just beat up on bad football teams. This team is for real. And a win in Seattle and a win in Los Angeles tells the NFL that Philadelphia is real. Even if you go one and one, beat Seattle and, and lose to Rams or vice versa, I think you still show the league that Philly is for real. But I think you really show me that you're for real if you sweep those two games. And I think a sweep is going to happen. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are for real. And I said the Philadelphia Eagles were going to go to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. I knew this team was going to be for real. I knew that Carson Wentz was going to take that next step. I had a lot of faith in that Philadelphia Eagles defense. That defense played well last year. And the, the whole thing last year with the Philadelphia Eagles is you look at that roster, and that roster in Philadelphia the, the, on the offensive side of the ball. Carson Wentz had no weapons. He had no weapons last year. You know, you look at Carson Wentz, you know, he had, he had Ryan Matthews as his running back. Eh. Always injured. Injured a lot. You get the same name, Ryan matches. But you had Jordan Matthews as a wide receiver. You had Doriel green Beckham. He stunk. Nelson Aguilar stunk last year. So you had Bryce Traggs, who wasn't that great. Josh Huff. So you had no weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Your running back, your your running game was meh. It's okay. And Carson Wentz, even with all that, as a rookie, played well. Now, you fast forward to 2017. Blunt, Ajayi, and Clements is an upgrade. Carson Wentz is a year better. Eckerts, playing big-time ball. He was there last year, but Alshon Jeffries is an upgrade. Nelson Aguilar is a different guy this year by default and upgrade. Torrey Smith, uh, just okay. But the offensive side of the ball has been upgraded. Let me upgrade, 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 Jeff, uh, in my Beyonce voice. But the, he was upgraded on the offensive side of the ball, and that upgrade led and, and helped the Philadelphia Eagles take that jump a chunk that I knew they were going to take. I put it out on Twitter for everyone to see. Back, before it started here, what I said was going to happen with the Philadelphia Eagles is happening. And hopefully, you know what? Yeah, hopefully. I'm a lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'm starving for a championship. Hopefully. As an Eagles fan, I'll say Hopefully the Philadelphia Eagles can get to the Super Bowl, and hopefully the Philadelphia Eagles can win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I said it. So what? I'm an Eagles fan. But I can talk about this team objectively. I, I, I've i taken off my Eagles draws and my Eagles socks and my Eagles T-shirt, and I'm talking about this team team objectively. This is a Super Bowl-caliber team. Bottom line, point blank. Let's go to the NBA. I can stay on the NFL. I'm going to go to the NBA. Now look at the OKC Thunder. And, and at this point, it's a struggle. They're 8-12. and 12. And I, I look at OKC, and, and you know, anytime time you put a team together, with that level of talent, with guys who used to be a number one options, I mean, Westbrook was a number one option last year. Um, Paul George has been a number one option throughout the course of his career. Melo, Carmelo Anthony has been a number one option throughout the course of his career. Guys have to make adjustments. And it happened in Miami. I mean, Bron, LeBron James was a number one option throughout the course of his career. Bosh came from Toronto where he was the number one option in D-Wade a number one option. And, and, you know, before they came together, D-Wade was the only guy who was a champion. So I look at OKC. And, you know, it's hard for guys to come together with that level of talent and and mesh and, and, and get right. That's hard to do. That's not easy. And it takes it takes time. It takes time for for teams to come together and 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 mesh and and get right. I look at OKC. I look at the defensive side of the ball, and I'm saying, okay, teams aren't really scoring a lot. You know, they're they're holding opponents to about 44% shooting. Um, you know, I guess you would like. To well, that's not a bad number. That's not a bad number. Um you're four and points allowed. You're giving up ninety-nine point three points per game. That's not bad. So you're 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 doing okay there. And then you go on the offensive side of the ball, you're you're near the well, you're not at the top, you're actually near the bottom. 24 in points per game. So that tells me, defensively, you're fairly okay. Offensively, you're, you're, you're having a hard time bringing this thing together. Now, I can't – first of all, they're 8-12, but there's 62 games left. There's a lot of basketball to be played. I like to think Oklahoma City is more the team that we saw – against the Golden State Warriors the other night, last Wednesday. Well, last last Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I like to say Oklahoma City is more of that team, the team that blew out Golden State, 108 to 91, than the team that lost at Denver, at Sacramento, at Portland, and the team that lost at Utah. I like to think they're more than that. I think they're more than the team that lost at Dallas and at Orlando. They're more than that. You know, I I think they're more than that. Um this team is on a three-game losing streak. And if you look at them, one, two, three, four, five, six games. Only game they won in the last six games was against the Golden State Warriors. I like to think they're more of the team that beat Golden State than the team that lost to Orlando or lost to Denver. Excuse me, not Denver, lost to Orlando, uh, lost to Dallas, excuse me, the Mavericks. I, I like to think they're more of that. They got the Timberwolves tonight in Oklahoma City. But I think this team will get it right. I think there's just too much talent on that roster for it not to get right. And we can say, oh, this is a byproduct of Melo. He's not a winner. Blah, blah, blah. I, 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 I'm not buying it. I'm not rolling with that. I'm not rolling with that. Melo will play winning basketball. He's played winning basketball what, he got to the sixth game of the conference finals against the Los Angeles Lakers with the Denver Nuggets. So Melo has been in positions, you know, he's pretty close to getting to the NBA finals. Didn't get there, but he was close. I like to think he's more of that guy. Now, you know, maybe the bench wasn't going to be the strongest part of his basketball team. I get that. So you knew depth could be an issue, and it, it, it happens. I mean, like I said, when Miami came together, they had some issues with depth. They didn't have a deep basketball team. They didn't. They were not deep. And again, anytime you got three stars, you know, in this salary cap era, it's going to be difficult to surround that team with guys, effective guys, uh, you know, guys who can help. It's going to be difficult, but it's going to be difficult to do. I mean, you had, you know, you had issues in terms of your bigs, you know, Joel Anthony, um, Eric Dampier, Ilgoskis, you know, Jamal McLaw. So you, you, you had that. So you knew, you, just seeing those names, you knew there was a, they had a level of difficulty finding the guys effectively round out that roster Mike Bibby was there but Mike Bibby was near the end of the road then ultimately the following year the year that when well, you lost to the Mavericks in six I still think that team was in Miami was too talented to lose that to the uh, Dallas Mavericks a- absolutely too talented to lose to the Mavericks but the Mavericks were a team Dirk had an awesome year Probably was the MVP that particular year, but he had an amazing year. He had guys like J.J. Perreira, uh, Tyson Chandler, Marion, you know, guys, uh, you know, Deshaun Stevenson, guys who knew their role and played it to a T. But you look at Miami the following year, and they were able to to round out that roster nicely. They were able to add a, a, a Sean, excuse me, a Shane Battier. You know, a a guy like that helps. Battier helps. You know, Norris Cole. That helps. You know, those guys help. They were upgrades. You know, over Mike Bibby. They were upgrades. You know, so I I just look at the whole situation. And, you you know, this year, and here's also the thing. Maybe the issue, well, not the issue now, but the issue moving forward. Think about Miami. You knew LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Boss were coming back the next year. You knew it, and you knew they were coming back the year after that. What you don't know in OKC is you don't know, we know Westbrook is coming back, signed the richest deal in NBA history, so you know he's coming back. But I don't know if Paul George is coming back. He likes L.A. He's from L.A. They, they say he wants to play in L.A. and be in L.A. Mello. We don't know what Melo's going to do. You might team up with Bron Bron somewhere. Maybe in L.A. So the reality is that Miami Heat team, even though they had some struggles during that season in terms of meshing and coming together, you knew that you had time. You knew it. And, and, and also, if you remember that team in Miami, Bra Braun's first year, they struggled early on. They didn't really come out the gate great. And they were, at one point, they were 8-7. and seven. Okay, 9 and 8. And then from there, and they're not 8 and 12 like the Thunder, but it was a lot of basketball left. They were they were 9 and 8, 17 games, pretty much virtually the same place that OKC is at. You look at Miami, they took off. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, had like a 12 game winning streak, 14, 16, 18, 20, 21, won like 20 out of 21 games. You know, they, they, they took off. They took off. They took off around November, November 29th. So kind of around this time, the Miami Heat took off. Lost at Dallas. They took off, and from there they went on to be a team that was one of the better, obviously making it to the NBA Finals. Losing in the NBA Finals, but making it to the NBA Finals, ultimately winning 58 games in that year. So, Oklahoma City, I can see them doing it. I can see them taking off. I, I can see them saying, you know what? Let's do this. Let's. Mello, you're too good. Westbrook, Russell, you're too good. Paul, you're too good for us not to be a big time formidable team. So, we're ready to take off. And we're going to take off right now. Don't be surprised if Oklahoma City takes off right now. This is the point around the same time where the 2010-2011 Miami Heat took off. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, or you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter, at go 4 gant Make sure you head over to the website, goforagaintsports.com. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash go And support all the great things with Paul and Go for it. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.